Welcome to the Mayo Clinic Cardiovascular Continuing Medical Education Podcast. Join us each week to discuss the most pressing topics in cardiology and gain valuable insights that can be directly applied to your practice. Hello, I'm Dr. Steve Kopetsky, preventive cardiologist at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. And today I have the great pleasure of speaking with my colleague and friend, Dr. Aruta Olson, Adelaide also, as we know her so fondly. And we're going to be talking about a very interesting and timely subject, which is the health of rural communities and how to improve our delivery of ASCBD preventive care to rural communities. So welcome, Dr. Aruta Olson. Thank you, Steve, and thanks for having me here. Yes. Well, this will be a very exciting conversation because the rural communities, uh, how, how do you define a rural community? There are many different definitions uh, for rural communities. One of those are communities that have one urban core of less than 50,000 people. Mm -hmm. So essentially are these you know, smaller communities as we have many here in, in the Midwest. Yes, we certainly do. And then the urban uh, versus rural, you know, rural is like 25% of the population, but 75% of the land mass. So they're really spread out. The other part is will be the secondary prevention. How do you define secondary prevention? That's a great question. Secondary prevention is when you apply preventive strategies to avoid an event to occur again. Let's say a person may have had a heart attack. And so what should the person do to avoid having another heart attack or avoid having progression of their disease? Mm -hmm. And then there are recommendations from our clinical practice guidelines that are also endorsed by the CDC on how which strategies should work for patients who have atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. Then the other question would be, what are the atherosclerotic cardiovascular diseases? And those, you know, they include the heart attacks, the stroke, and the peripheral arterial disease that are the blockages to the blood vessels of the legs, and so on. What are the recommendations? So to essentially, um, there are four main recommendations mm -hmm. for these patients mm -hmm. that are, let's say, they should have a good control of the blood pressure, should take a medication that's called antiplatelet agents, mm -hmm. such as, you know, aspirin and so on. Also, if no contraindications, they should take a medication that's called a statin. Uh, that's a medication that helps lowering the levels of cholesterol and protect against uh, inflammation mm -hmm. that occurs. And then not smoke. So mm -hmm. these are what we call the V4s, mm -hmm. for example, uh, in the case of atherosclerotic cardiovascular disease. Good. So the big four yep. that we all try to pay attention to, which are extremely important in rural populations. As many people probably don't realize, the rural population, you know, 50 years ago had a longer lifespan than the urban population, but now they have a shorter lifespan. And they have more poverty. They have more smoking, more smokeless tobacco. The kids are more obese. And compounding that is these other issues we talked about where they have to go farther to a hospital that's a critical access hospital 60% of the time and doesn't have all the facilities. Why do you think these rural populations have more risk factors now? That's a great question. I think the problem uh, has, you know, it's a complex situation with multiple levels mm -hmm. that uh, 
one of those one of those reasons is a difficult access to care providers, difficult access to a primary provider, and then it gets hard for those patients to get certain information that they need to take care of themselves. Themselves, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah. so, and I think that's that's a very significant barrier. Another issue is, let's say, that's very significant uh, in, in rural communities are the barriers to transportation. So often we have elderly people who live in, in these uh, remote areas, and they don't have, you know, they can't drive, and who is going to take them to to the clinic? That's one barrier. Another barrier is, do they have, in this era of technology, do they have access to computers? And if they have, even if they have a computer, can they use the computer that they have? Can they use the system that they have? Mm -hmm. So there are barriers that I would say both at the patient level and also at the systems mm -hmm. level. Mm -hmm. And then the transportation also is, is this um, significant barrier. Certainly. And when they get, need to get transportation acutely, the ambulance has to come farther. It's probably going to be volunteer EMTs. The, it takes longer to get there. And then when they get there, they have less providers available to treat them, not as high technology. It really is an almost overwhelming burden that we have to overcome. And then finally, the reimbursement is less in the rural communities. So it, it really gets to be difficult. So you talked about the big four things to mm -hmm. focus on. How do you, what is your system that you're trying to implement within the Mayo Clinic Health System to overcome this? It's a great question. So um, our system also tries, we created a system that we try to address some of these barriers that patients uh, encounter. And uh, so in addition to these factors that we mentioned, there is also the shortage of providers. Mm -hmm. And the fact that uh, the secondary prevention for these patients is usually delivered only by physicians. Mm -hmm. So we created a system that uh, empowers uh, teamwork for delivery of recommendations um, that are, have a proven benefit uh, on secondary prevention of these mm -hmm. patients. Wonderful. Now, and the big four are trackable. We can track them, you know, the medicines they get, et cetera, the blood pressure they have. How are we doing with the things that we can't track so easy? Like how physically active are they? Because we know there's more sedentary lifestyle in the rural community, which is really surprising to me. Mm -hmm. How do we track diet? You know, is it, this is a future project, I would think. Absolutely. That's a future project. For now, we are, you know, in our opinion, uh, we had to start somewhere. And uh, when we built this novel system for delivery of care, we did that in conjunction with the local providers and also with the local patients. Mm -hmm. What was considered, let's say, low-hanging fruit are those uh, four recommendations. Mm -hmm. And uh, another important aspect is that with the assistance of technology, providers can after one click of the mouse, they can evaluate the current status of, of a given patient, of the situation, what's happening with, with the patient, and then identify the gaps in care mm -hmm. and assign the right patient for the right provider 
that would deliver uh, the care that that person needs. Mm -hmm. For example, if a patient is a smoker, that person could be assigned to a tobacco cessation counselor. And then for information on how to strategies to discontinue smoking. Mm -hmm. Or if a person doesn't have a prescription of a statin, oh, my prescription has not been renewed, what do I do? That person could be, um, you know, would be connecting with a pharmacist that has the, the, the privileges for writing prescription. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the person gets their prescription. And then using this, you know, identification of the gaps and then assigning the right person for the right provider for the targeted delivery of these recommendations is mm -hmm. essentially the core of uh, this uh, new system for delivery of care for these rural communities. Yeah, that's a beautifully uh, designed system because you you have the information on the patient within the Mayo Clinic electronic record. Do they have they had an event? Their secondary prevention? How's their blood pressure? Are they on these medicines or not? And the other thing is that you're you're kind of not relying necessarily on a physician. You're relying. You said the pharmacist can prescribe uh, antihypertensives and antilipid drugs, both. Absolutely. Smoking cessation, and then the how about the antiplatelets or clopidogrel or something like that. So with the the antiplatelets, the, the pharmacists they address that in conjunction with the primary provider or with the primary NP, mm -hmm. and then they come up with a, a recommendation. So it's really a team. It's a teamwork. And then for the blood pressure management, uh, we have a wonderful team of uh, nurses mm -hmm. who have these strategies for optimization of, of blood pressure uh, control. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think one uh, a big one of the many strengths of these strategies is that we do have, uh, with the Mayo Clinic Health Record and this teamwork, we have the opportunity for continuity of care. So if you change the blood pressure medication for a given person, we can also monitor so that person will have the follow-up uh, and so on. And then how to get access, you know, the patient, uh, in the case of the patient, will have the option to say, oh, I, I don't have uh, transportation access today. Can we just do this discussion uh, by phone? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So phone, phone encounters are uh, a very important part of, of you know, this uh, mm -hmm. access to healthcare. Mm -hmm. But there are other uh, individuals, other, especially elderly patients, that just love going to the clinic just to get out of the house. Yeah. So that's another option. You just, oh, you're welcome to, to go to, to the clinic and uh, mm -hmm. visit people and have your, your discussion. So the option of how to get connected with your healthcare provider is going to be based on the patient's preference, the way that they want to do, even if they want to do telemedicine, they are, you know, computer savvy mm -hmm. and love mm -hmm. to do that stuff. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, we can we can arrange that. Wonderful. So once you've identified this patient more centrally, probably from the medical mm -hmm. record, then will these reports go out like to the provider? There'll be a single provider or a team at the sites that will get reports on these different uh, big four? Excellent. So good question. What we have, we have a, a centralized system that we, we make an analogy with, let's say, air traffic controller. 
So their traffic controller is the person who uh, has access to this uh, application that we have created that's populated by medical record data. And then that person assigns the patient to their care providers. Uh, they do the communications between the different team members, uh, including you know the primary care doctor, um, the nurses, and all these providers that we're talking about. And then this information gets uh, added to the pa and updated to the patient medical record, mm -hmm. which, by the way, as you know, here at Mayo, we have a wonderful system where each one of the Mayo the clinics that we have in, across all these rural communities, they all use the same medical record system. Mm -hmm. That's great. And, and another big, big strength and a big need that uh, there was, you know, raised by um, the rural um, people who, who live there in these areas was patients, they really uh, enjoy receiving care by providers that work there in the rural communities. And so, and we facilitate that. Mm -hmm. So all the providers that will be connecting the patients work locally. And uh, whereas, let's say, the air traffic controller can cover many different clinics, and then uh, let's say, oh, we, today we don't have a tobacco cessation counselor in community A, but we have one in community B then the person from community B could help, you know, a resident in that community. But these are all rural providers. So we're not bringing someone from urban area to, to take care of these patients. It's all local. So it really optimizes efficiencies of using the personnel that are available. Yes. No, that, that's tremendous. And then will this be a, a pilot? Or are you going to do so many patients or so many years and then look at the data? Or how, what's the plan? So currently, uh, we are actually um, using our pilot number two that uh, is uh, happening in Albert Lee in Austin, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And this fall, intention is to implement uh, or deploy the system in all sites uh, of the Mayo Clinic Health System in southeast Minnesota. You know, 54% of Native Americans live in a rural community. Mm -hmm. We Do we have any, we don't have any really uh, Native American pockets within the Mayo Clinic Health System, do we? Or Not that I'm aware of. Maybe up by Red Wing there may be, uh, mm. you know, there is a, a community there, but um, that's very interesting. So you can approach all the different uh, aspects of this care. Now you have, uh, you, this is a publication, it'll be coming out soon. What is the journal it'll be in and when do we expect it? So it's Journal of uh, Medical Internet Research, JMIR. And it's in press. It should Good. be uh, coming up within you know less than a month. Good. Well, that's a big journal in this area. I know that that's a very well-respected journal. So overall, this will approach kind of the, the on-the-ground issues that we can deal with with the patient. This won't be able to approach the bricks and mortar, that we need more hospitals, we need more communication, transportation, we need better reimbursement. But hopefully this research will start to lead to questions of what we need to fix next to help our rural communities. So this is a very exciting project, Dr. Rudolph, and thank you for visiting with us today. Any, any final words or insights you want to give our listeners? 
Yes, um, I think this whole new system of care was created together with the local providers and with the input for the local patients. And I think it was uh, very important, to, to critically important, to get their input on how to access this healthcare and how to address this health disparity by optimization of the local resources. So for us, it's been a privilege uh, to be part of this um, group. Boy, that's great uh, insight and wisdom. Include the communities, include the patients, include the caregivers, and not just the physician providers, the nurses, the pharmacists, the, uh, the uh, tobacco cessation, uh, et cetera. That's wonderful. Well, that's been a great conversation. We're looking forward to the results of this. Uh, probably the next year or two, we'll probably come back and give you results. Again, I'm Steve Kopetsky talking today with Dr. Adelaide Aruda Olson about rural communities and secondary prevention. Thank you for listening. Good day. Thank you for joining us today. Feel free to share your thoughts and suggestions about the podcast by emailing cvselfstudy at mayo.edu. Be sure to subscribe to the Mayo Clinic Cardiovascular CME podcast on your favorite platform and tune in each week to explore today's most pressing cardiology topics with your colleagues at Mayo Clinic. This has been a Mayo Clinic podcast.